Comms Day Live. I'm Graham Lynch and welcome to the show. A little abridged this week because I'm feeling a bit under the weather, but we've still got some fantastic uh, content for you today. So we're going to kick off um, with a chat with Paolo Sidoti. He's the ANZ Communications Media and Technology Client Group leader at Accenture. Now, the reason we're talking to him now is because, of course, Mobile World Congress is taking place in Barcelona um, starting this weekend. And Accenture, uh, one of the big partners or stakeholders in that event, they have a very high profile there. And um, they've taken the opportunity before this event to outline what they think are four big themes which will impact the global mobile industry this year. And in order, they are um, generative AI, um, network transformation, um, acceleration towards a digital core in the network, and last but not least, the need for innovation to provide an enriched customer experience. Rather than hear me talking about it, let's hear from Paolo himself to explain a little bit more of their thinking. Welcome to the show, Paolo. Thank you. So let, let's start off with um, generative AI. And you, you've made the point, and it's an interesting point, that it, it elevates the importance of talent. So, so what do you mean by that? So, the, so look, uh, generative AI is, um, is an additional, let's say, element of change that has been added you know, to, the, to the continuous change we've seen in the industry for the last uh, few years, right? We already saw... Uh, that the, the the acceleration or adoption of cloud, uh, traditional AI already uh, has created a lot of uh, pressure around talent rotation into our into our clients. So um, the need to um, develop those skills uh, and uh, and uh, redefine the relationship with the ecosystem has been uh, has been uh, central to the agenda of any CSP in the last uh, in the last uh, few years. Now with generative AI, the situation is not only about acquiring a new skill, that, that's also that component. You understand how it works, uh, how you train uh, models, et cetera. But more importantly, the, the, what is gonna happen with generative AI is that uh, uh, some uh, uh, roles will definitely change. So some element of the way we work and we relate with uh, our tasks is gonna change. Uh, so the ability to use this new uh, productivity tool in a way that you can control it and can uh, extract maximum value will uh, uh, need uh, uh, to reskill people and to do the job slightly different to have the ability to use a tool. It's a little bit like I mean, uh, when you consider how we now use the mobile and uh, some uh, tools like uh, that now we give for granted like search or other things like that and you compare to the way we were working in the 80s uh, that, that's completely different, right? So, and if you compare the, the skills that a digital native has working through these tools and what we were doing in the 80s, that's somehow the, the kind of change that has to happen again because this new Gen AI uh, technology will bring to, to us a number of uh, tools that will definitely change the, any ordinary task from back office, uh, uh, customer interaction uh, and um, even normal productivity in in places like legal affairs or communications. You've also, just moving on, you've made a, a, a startling, I find it, a startling observation. And that is that the pace of digitalization has uh, outpaced um, network capacity about fourfold over the last 15 years. So, so can, you, can you expand a bit on that observation and what that actually means for telcos? 
But the, the, there is a, is, a, is a fact that we have, uh, uh, especially, let's say, in the last few years and after COVID, there has been an acceleration around uh, digitization that has uh, generated a number of, uh, of uh, uh, changes that, uh, and now we, 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 the, 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 the twofold or threefold depends on the way you measure things. But the fact that is important for me is the observation I see from, from clients. For example, there was a client we were discussing um, uh, a few months ago where uh, when we were talking about uh, uh, the Chennai in particular, but in general, the acceleration of digitization on his own business, uh, he was uh, he was realizing this was not a, an enter was was not a communication client was uh, was uh, was a bank actually, but this guy was really uh, realizing that uh, if he want to be on the forefront of this digital revolution, this uh, new frontier, he will need uh, to. Uh, process uh, a, such a big amount of data and that this will have an uh, uh, incredible impact in the way also he has uh, set up all these communication services and network infrastructure. And he realized that, let's say, uh, very, very quickly across let's say, a set of uh, conversations we had at the time. So this means that uh, what uh, we have uh, developed as an industry in terms of network uh, infrastructure is uh, probably going to be challenging a lot from what we expect as uh, uh, is already happening and will accelerate in the next 18 months. And this is uh, uh, at the same time, of course, an opportunity, but also another uh, possible, let's say, problem and issue for our industry that has been already leaving, let's say, the pressure of uh, the surge of volumes uh, generated by the evolution of the uh, consumer, let's say, behavior in the first place, and now probably the enterprise as a second wave, but not be able to monetize too much this, uh, this opportunity. So the, the consumption has been going up, but the monetization has not been uh, uh, necessarily, let's say, aligned with that. I think we have a great opportunity because now this is in the enterprise world, and this is associated with the data, and so the ability to transform the networks, uh, not only as uh, carrying, let's say, mobile or fixed, uh, fixed workloads, but also the ability to extend this network with edge and with uh, a network of data centers will allow, let's say, the way to redefine a little bit our, our, our proposition as an industry and monetize more uh, this revolution. Yeah, now, now it's not just, um about the edge, is it? Uh, and, and the third observation that you've made is that CSPs need to completely reinvent themselves. They need a modern digital core, but they, they, they need to holistically embrace digital in terms of people, culture, um, corporate Absolutely. purpose, and so on. So what's, what's your thinking there, and why is that suddenly a driver? It's right because uh, basically the, the equation is very simple. So all of the CSPs are under enormous pressure because the growth has not been there for, or is very limited growth that we have uh, we, we observe, been observing for years. And therefore they say there is the need to redefine and to, 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 to reorganize the cost structure. Now, these uh, uh, and explore new areas of growth. At the heart of this, there is the, what, the redefinition of what we call the digital core. The digital core is basically the set of capabilities technical process and skills and talent that you have to acquire in terms of cloud, in terms of data, in terms of AI. Because if you think about that, what we see is that these three components are at the heart of any massive cost reduction or redefinition of your 
construction that you can do. But at the same time, they are the enabler for a better agility, better customer interaction, a new definition, new business models for uh, with your partners, which is uh, the foundation of the new of the new growth. So. Uh, in Accenture, we call it a total enterprise reinvention. It's basically the ability to see the problem, as you said before, holistically, which means, uh, yes, I need to cut cost, but this uh, um, say cost cutting is not too much a, a procurement exercise. It's a real structural transformation enabled by the adoption of new levers, which in turn give me uh, return me an, a, 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 a company that is much more agile and and can uh, explore new revenue new revenue avenues. That that's what we mean with this uh, uh, digital core as the heart of the uh, transformation of CSPs. Mm. Okay. Now the the fourth and, and final main observation that you're making ahead of MWC. And, and, and I like this because you've, you've kind of captured what I think is one of the contradictions of modern telecommunications, which is that people are re relying on connectivity more and more. You know, it's, it's no longer a want but a need to use the economics balance. But um, CSPs aren't really recording commensurate revenue growth. And if, if anything, customers are churning around more and, and looking for discounts and and. and changing, I guess, their behaviors um, and purchasing patterns in a more volatile way than we've seen in the past. So uh, what, do, what do you think CSP should be doing to deal with this, this more competitive cutthroat situation? Yeah, that, that's really the paradox of our industry that is uh, happening at different speeds in different geographies. So we have seen this very, very uh, fast and extreme in, uh, in, uh, in Europe. Uh, proceeding a less, uh, let's say, more slowly in uh, in in uh, in the US, uh, and also in Australia, we have a, this, a situation that is still not so extreme like in Europe, and this is very much depend on the structure of the market and the regulatory framework that allows. Uh, competition or push competition versus, let's say, managing uh, uh, a smoother, a smoother evolution. But regardless, uh, the direction is the same for every for every market globally. So therefore, let's say the the as I said before, uh, the equation is 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 very simple. You need uh, to rethink the way you operate. And rethinking the way we operate is not just scrubbing cost. We've been scrubbing costs in this industry for the last 15 years, right? So, and 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 therefore, let's say it's not too much about, as I said before, another procurement exercise. It's more about reinventing the way. The conversation we're having with the customers are, for example, how I reinvent the way I manage my IT, and not just consolidating 25 uh, vendors into three, but really thinking about uh, how to operate in a different way, meaning. Genai, for example, again, is a, a thing that is changing the way you uh, manage the life cycle of IT, uh, is able to automate uh, a number of, uh, of, of tasks, so in, including productivity, but requires a fundamental change uh, in the way in the way you 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 your skill that you operate. So I think that uh, this is the first task number one, redefine the structure of uh, of my cost and my operation, and uh, do that uh, through partnerships. So we are, partner with a number of clients uh, together with the major technology provider like Microsoft, for example, to 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 help those clients to go to this journey as fast as they can. They don't have time. They have to do this in the next couple of years. The second element of this uh, equation instead is about growth. We we have to recover, to, to reignite growth into, into the system. We have seen uh, many, many of our customers who are announcing uh, um, uh, limited growth, and more importantly, in many cases, uh, 
a lot of pressure on profitability, uh, especially in wherever they try to uh, to go and explore uh, growth in areas that are not core. Uh, the profitability doesn't really uh, come together, so they dilute overall. And this is not a good news for the return of investment, uh, and uh, and the boards are extremely, extremely nervous. So this second part about exploring growth uh, uh, is is uh, super important. Again, I think that uh, the partnership with uh, part of the ecosystems and the ability to uh, somehow break down the, the the story in a different way. So the way you play in uh, standard connectivity and your core is one. The way you play in ICT, the way you play in uh, digital life are all different business that require completely different partnership and business models. Cannot be, uh, let's say, created and grown in the traditional uh, operation and operating model of the current CSPs. So that's that's the second part of the equation. Okay, now just to wrap up, um, Mobile World Congress is on next week. Um, my understanding is that Accenture is one of the major sponsors, so you, you're going to be a very high-profile participant at the event. Now, what, what are your expectations? Because obviously we're midway through the 5G cycle, and there's you know turbulent uh, economic conditions out there in the world. So what, what are your expectations for the event? So my expectation, as usual, is going to be to to have a, a extremely, uh, say, um, relevant uh, client conversation. The 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 way that MVC has evolved during the last few years has been that it's not really a place where you have a, a transactional conversation. You have a more uh, strategic conversation, alignment between very senior executives uh, of the organization. And every time we get out of the MWC with a better understanding where the industry is going and, uh, let's say, a, a better interlock with uh, our, our client priorities uh, globally. This is very helpful for us also to, to assess if we are on the right track. We need to, uh, let's say, um, adjust our trajectory and our, and our strategy. So I look forward to it. Uh, we have already aligned uh, plenty of uh, a very, very interesting conversation and we are going to be there with our uh, top uh, senior executives, our CEO, and uh, uh, say most of our uh, senior leadership, and uh, and uh, so my expectation is to see to see an industry that, as I said before, is uh, facing a, a very very important transformation in a very as you said uh, in a moment in which uh, you have a lot of headwind, and therefore let's say I expect a, a more much more pan partnership. Uh, approach a much more conversation around how we can deal about this together and that we can extract value from uh, from from the future that's what i look forward to okay well uh, bon voyage and um and thank you for joining us on comms day thank you very much graham i look forward to it bye so that's paolo sidoti from accenture talking about some of the big themes which will dominate in wc this weekend <sighs> Now, moving on, uh, if you've been reading Comms Day over the past year or so, you'd be fully aware that um, the Quad Alliance of Australia, India, Japan and the United States is taking quite an active interest in telecommunications and cooperation um, between those countries on, on um, things such as submarine cables and so on. Anyway, um, the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade is making a move to institutionalize some of those corporate some of that cooperation, and our managing editor, Rowan Pearce, has the details. 
So, as you know, the Quad Security Alliance, which is Australia, the US, Japan, and India, has had a fairly strong focus on telecommunications. One side of that is the kind of supplier diversity um, uh, projects, and that's kind of really very much focused around Open RAN um, and that kind of thing. Now, the other side of that is this issue of subsea cable resiliency. Uh, and actually, last year it was announced that Australia was going to be leading on this uh, initiative. It's called the um, the Quad Partnership for Cable Connectivity and Resilience, um, which is designed to kind of like build uh, private-public partnerships to essentially kind of uh, uh, connect the connect Pacific. And the kind of unspoken the unspoken thing is to basically kind of block block out um, China in some cases um, when it comes to sub cables. Um, so what's happened this week is that the Department for Foreign Affairs and Trade has released this request for tender, which is seeking advisory services to essentially stand up a, a centre which is going to be called the Cable Connectivity and Resilience, Resilience Centre. It's going to sit within DFAT, and it's actually going to be essentially implementing Australia's obligations under this kind of quad partnership. Um, and there's a couple of interesting uh, aspects to it. One is that it's going to have a primary focus on subsea cables, but it's also, according to these tender documents, will consider potentially expanding its activities to cover things such as like broader telco infrastructure, um, including LeoSats, um, as well as undersea uh, uh, electricity cables. I guess um, it's worth noting too that this is not kind of the um, this is not uh, Australia's first foray into the kind of subsea cable diplomacy area. Um, obviously, it's previously uh, funded the Coral Sea Cable Project, which connects to Solomon Islands and, and PNG in Australia. I mean, that was very much a kind of like a, a, a ploy to head off a, um, a plan by um, a HMN Tech, which is the former Huawei uh, Marine Services. Uh, as it was known, um, to build a cable to Solomon Islands in Australia. Um, so the federal government's funded this centre. It's like it's uh, put around twelve million bucks towards standing it up. Um, and yeah, there's some quite uh, interesting um, aspects to it. Like it's going to be um, providing uh, technical advice. Um, that's going to be include kind of like uh, you know um, general analysis and, and research, but also specific kind of technical advice and business case management and that kind of thing for um, cable projects in the region. Thank you, Rowan. That's it for Comms Day Live this week. See you next time.